to the M456 podcast. My co-host, John McAllister. John Wayne, how you doing today, buddy? I'm making it. I'm making it today. It's a good day. The sun's shining. It's not freaking 32 degrees outside. Although I like the cold, but it is nice. It's a good day. Oklahoma City. Yes, man. It's we've hit the we've hit the cold stuff, man. It's been like first week in November. What is this? November 16th, 17th? What is today? Yeah. 17? I don't know. Yeah. I don't either. So one of these days. And it's unseasonable, no, which yeah. I love cold. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just it's cold. It's like we we were like 29, 28 every morning up to like maybe 40, which is like December, January weather. We're getting it in Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's time. 17 in Colorado Springs. So it's it's cold. And did you see Sunday? This is really cool, guys. You got to hear this. Sunday, the Buffalo game, they're expecting six feet of snow and 70 mile an hour winds. So they're they're trying to move stadiums. It's the Browns and and the Bills, and they don't know what they're going to do. I'm not going to a game anymore with six feet of snow and 70. No. <laughs> I, I was at a Bronco game once, minus 18 with Noah. He was just, his tears were freezing. Noah's uh, actually Tyler, my oldest son, when he was five in the Kansas City Chiefs stadium, his tears froze. They didn't. They couldn't even go down his face. It was so cold. Oh, Kansas City is a bad place, John. Hey, hey, hey. all right, guys. Just love, love M456, it. let's jump in. As you guys know, Malachi 4, 5, and 6, uh, there's a movement going on again uh, right now um, in America, around the planet, of just a fathering movement. Um, we're listening to Chris Valentin and his son Jay and all these guys, man, and they're just, they're all hearing the same thing, which I love. The reason we started the app, the Journeyman app, was just to see men investing in men and, and men discipling men. And we're hoping that it builds into a community and that groups start gathering and, and meeting in person. And uh, we, we've got to do it. So uh, we're excited, excited to be with you guys. All right, John, we listened to a podcast. I sent you one. Why don't you lead us? I want, I want to address real quick. Uh, I, I heard Chris Valentin say this. You know, uh, in, in the World War, fathers had to leave home. So in the in those during those wars, we were the most fatherless nation because and Japan was and different nations because they all the men had to go to war. Now we have no war and we're, we're at the peak and the highest fatherlessness rate on the planet because men are just choosing to leave the home now um, and, and they're not staying. And if they are staying, they're silent. And we've talked about the endemic silence and how Adam was silent when the enemy came in and he should have protected Eve. And we'll get into that more and more. But I just wanted to set the stage for guys. This is a real epidemic. It's a real thing. But there is a movement going on that we all need to be a part of. And uh, and listen to this podcast the other day, man, we were both like, no way, no way. And kind of going back and forth. So kind of walk us into that a little bit and what you were hearing. Oh, man. It, first of all, Chris Valentin. He, that dude, I don't know him, just listening to him. I, I, I love how God is doing things all over the earth with different groups of people, but it's the same message. That's yeah. when I know that God is on something and, and I love it. And he was talking to John Hilser. I, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. I'm not, I don't Hessler, know him. Yeah. Hessler, yeah. that's it. Thank you for the English correction. I had double of my words. That's <laughs> a McAllister trait. Um, yeah, but but they were they were just talking about what John's doing out in North Carolina and some of the things that he's seen. And, and man, it was powerful. And it was just recently. I mean, we just listened to this, you know, just a few days ago, practically. I mean, it was last week. I mean, this is 
mean, we're in 2022. I don't know when you're going to be listening to this, but it was incredible. And I heard this, this statement that he said, and it, it just kind of awakened something in my heart. And that's how I love how this stuff works. Um, when God is moving on something, when something awakens in your heart, I, I always say, trust it, right? I mean, we just trust that, that nudge in our heart because that's, that's who we are. That's what makes us right. uh, people, men, women all over the place. But he said, um, he was talking about David and Goliath. And he goes, you know, Goliath didn't show up until David was anointed as king. And that just Hmm. hit me in my heart. I mean, it literally just, I was like, oh. And obviously we're talking about- Goliath, wait, wait, let's let's say that Goliath didn't show up until David was anointed as king. Yes. Okay. So what what struck you the most about that statement? Well, I've been been thinking about it. I mean, I've been thinking about that a lot since I heard it. And- the, the thing that I notice about it is, is the, the, the beforehand and the afterhand of, of David's life in that moment with Goliath. So we have, we have David tending the sheet, Samuel, Samuel cruises out, and we have that amazing statement by God. You know, Samuel's looking at these dudes, and he's like, oh, obviously, this is the Lord's anointed. And God immediately, yeah. which I love, when it's, when it's God's heart, he immediately interjects right away. He goes, I look at the heart. You're looking outside. Yes. I'm looking at the heart. And David gets called in. We have that moment. He anoints him in front of his brothers, that whole thing. Goliath yeah. shows up. <clears throat> and then, so we have, so what hit me, so to answer that question is the before, what's David doing before? And then obviously we know the story of David and Goliath. And then what's David doing right after that? And I say right after that, you know, the years that follow that moment, that's what struck me. And I think that's what's still like, even sitting here saying it, I don't know if I fully comprehend exactly what God is, is laying out in that, that, that part of scripture right there. We have this young man, he's hanging out, he's tending the sheep. We all know the story. He, he kills Goliath after being anointed. And then he goes right back into the same deal, but the sheep are not sheep anymore. They're men. He's out by himself and with men, he's picking up men by himself. And it just, it hit me. I mean, this is what we are talking about. We're trying to find the men. I mean, that's what we're doing, right? Yep, that's exactly what we're doing. Trying to find men that will just step in the gap for the fatherless, for mm-hmm. white, black, brown. It's, it's, it's an epidemic. You know, our Indian reservations, uh, I think the, it's like a 90% rate of fatherless wow. homes. You know, our, our black communities are in the high 70% tile, Hispanic 65 you know, white America is over 50% now that are, are fatherless homes, completely like no dad at all, right, wow. in the homes. And so men, as men, were anointed to step up. And there is a Goliath in the land called fatherlessness that we yeah. get to take down. And I and you know, I love, there's so many parts to the story. It's interesting, you know, David wasn't called in with the brothers. So he could have been like illegitimate. We don't know that for sure. Mm-hmm. But they call him, you know, he calls him in after the fact. And Samuel's going, but this guy's got to be it, man. He's good looking dude, tall, built, right? And then God's like, no, no, bro, I need you to look at the heart, right? And so if we can just start to look at the hearts of these young men in our communities and start to invest, I literally, right before we jumped on this podcast, I got a text from one of my alumni, G42 alumni. He's a Hispanic kid uh, from Houston. His dad actually lives in Mexico and has been in prison there for a while. And he was raised by his great grandmother and he moved to Colorado Springs to come to G42 
And he stayed here and he's like, Gary, I don't know how to buy a car. Can you take me on Saturday and teach me how to buy a car? Uh, because I've got to turn this one. He's got a rear wheel drive, you know, a South car. You, you Southerners can drive those rear wheel drivers. You can't do that up here in Colorado. And so that's to me is the point. I get to feel that gap and I don't have to pat myself on the shoulder for it or anything. I get to say, absolutely, without hesitation. I will go with you Saturday and we'll go buy a car together just to show him how to go do that and not be ripped off, you know, by a car dealership. So anyway, mm -hmm. I think that's the point of what we're trying to do here with the journeyman app with M456. And I, and I do, I think we forgot to talk about this last time a little bit, you know, we're going to turn this into my wife's books about ready to be out all the sacred things. So we're going to do a women's app with this. We're going to do a marriage, young marriage app with this. Um, but journeyman, I really believe men are the foundation. And Lisa's writing this whole course for us right now on, on men fulfilling their purpose. What's the purpose of a man? And I can tell you guys right now, the purpose of, of why we're on the planet, we're foundational. Men are foundational, and we've got to start stepping in the gap for all these young men that don't have any dads. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's funny. On a side note, you know, you're talking about that, and your your wife actually just called me. I called her earlier, and she called right <laughs> that's great love it Come on. so absolutely you know but uh you know the other thing too that you said earlier that i i something in my heart like ignited especially on this this topic of david and goliath shows up so we have these wars that take you know take place pretty much about 100 years ago i mean we're literally world war ii ended or world war one ended just over 100 years ago uh, and then we had world war ii obviously and we had all these other things happening around the globe but we, we send all these, these guys out and it's like they were doing something that was so well intended. I mean, obviously that, that those things had to be fought. And now it's almost like we're in this, this secondary season of how do we now, how do we become kings? You know, we talked about those archetypes. We mentioned that in the first one. But when you said that, it, it, it ignited something, a thought about, so we've had this war and we've had this increase in fatherless that's just exploded now. And all of these, you know, especially in America, but all over the world, there's these different agendas that are taking place that are coming out. And so now we're sitting at this point where here we are. Like you said, you quoted the numbers. We have all of these fatherless uh, uh, families all over these these young men that don't and young women. Um, heck, and even the you know dads that are in the home, you know, they don't know how to father. No one knows how to father. Um but there's that amazing statement that Jesus says in, in John that I love. And he's talking to his disciples. He's talking to the guys that have been hanging out with him the whole time. They're like, yeah, you know, Philip and Thomas are having that discussion, you know, show me the father. And he goes, if you have seen me, basically you've walked with me, you've seen me, you have seen the father together. We are one. And so everything that you're getting from Jesus is the father. Everything that is about Jesus is the father's all about a, a, a man that was merciful, that, that got dirty, that became unclean and went through all the stuff of the law. He fulfilled it all because that was his father's heart. He had this system, you know, and I'm, I don't do a great job. You know, there's other guys out there that do a great job of explaining all that, but Jesus did it all. And yeah, I can see that reuniting. You know, we got this fatherless issue from the wars. We're, we're coming into where we are now, but God's agenda of fathering right now, it's, it's almost like that secondary season that David went to. Okay, now you're anointed king. Now let's go father you for the next 15 years in the wilderness until you're ready to step into this. Cave of the Dolom and the, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
That's really good. And I, you know, that's, that's true with any of us. And I, and I want to say this to the men as, as the head of your household, which means you just get to serve at a deeper level. That's all that means. Doesn't mean you're lower, you know, you're going to Lord over. We've taken that way too far preached by immature men in the pulpit. Uh, and it's, 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 it's so key that we learn how to be fathered as men by the father so that we can father in a much deeper and better way, right? I mean, I didn't know this stuff as a young father, right? And then as, as I'm growing and pressing in and studying more, it's like, wow, I wish some of this would have been around, you know, 25, 30 years ago, um, where when we just started out talking about the fatherless. I mean, we started Rock the Nations 30 years ago, and it was all based on Malachi 4, 5, and 6, and the mandate that's out there and now it's been this 30-year journey of actually learning how to be fathered by the father myself so that I can father better, not just my own children, but community, right? And life and the people around us. And, and uh, we talked about it earlier today. It's like we, we were told in the 90s, you know, go change the world. You're going to cheer a world changer. We wrote songs and worshiped about it. And God's like, no, you know, change your little world. Press into a young man, a young woman in, in, in your community that doesn't have a dad speaking into their life and press into that. That's the world I want you to change. That one heart. Right. And so you had some questions that you were going to ask um, off of that podcast. Oh, Why yeah. You, I mean, it, a couple of those. Oh, yeah. And, and, and Chris did a great job of, of asking these questions of John. And I, I, I took these questions and I obviously want to give credit because these guys put in a lot of work. But yeah. it was just, it, I thought it was thought provoking and I was hoping that maybe we could, you know, dive into some different avenues. But he, he, he said that statement, what is the distance from, from the head of the heart? You, and you've heard, you, you've talked about this for a long time. What's the, yeah. what's that number? The, uh, it's, well, the ministry is actually called 18 inches something. And the whole idea, the whole heart of it is that, that distance between your, your head and your heart. That's the longest yes. journey. I've always said this. The longest journey you'll ever take is to get out of your head and start to live through your heart. Yeah. And you know, and that, you a lot of it. well, I, I mean, I, John Smeltzer, man, that guy, I mean, that, that his story, his ability to walk me through this guy that was all head, I was all head, man. You know, I had it. I, there was something in there. I know there was something in my heart. I know it, but it was, it was being pounded by my brain, you know, and all this stuff. But I, I love how he said it. He goes, John, when you get into your heart, everything slows down. And mm. one of the things he used to say over and over and over about the head, he goes, when you're in your head, you move too slow you're, or you move too fast. Everything is coming at you. You got all these thoughts, all these da, 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 da. You get in your heart, everything slows down. You get in that spot and all of a sudden you, you can get present and you can start to think about this fatherless issue because it's now it's being held in your heart and everything slows down so that your heart can wrap around this idea that God's talking about, that God's bringing yeah, that, up. Well, and it's, it's, it's really interesting to say slow down. And, and I want you to speak into that a little bit more. But, um, you know, one of the things I learned from John Smelter's writings and just through you and, and being around all of it now for, for four or five years and teaching it in our school in different places uh, is, is that distance, right, getting out of your head, you know, you wake up what Richard Orr calls the wolf hours from 3 a.m. Mm. to 5 a.m. You you start getting in your head. You start thinking all the things you did wrong. You know, we're, we're so shame based by the gospel we've been taught through, the, you know, for, for however many years now. Um, we just go right to shame. 
But when you can get out of your head and, and live through your heart, you actually start to meditate on good things. But Philippians says, and, 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 and Ecclesiastes 3 says that eternity is in our hearts. Our heads can't wrap around eternity, right? Yeah. Eternity just means now. Eternity is now. We need to learn how to live in the now, in the present. And when that, we can start to live through eternal stuff in our hearts, we, we are much more present and much more in the now, right? Which will make us contemplate these things, sit and think and meditate on, on, on the good things. And how do I affect these lives, these young people's lives who have never been fathered, right? Have never mm. been mentored. And, and, you know, the biggest question I always got, I always get is, Gary, will you mentor me? And, and look, there's not a lot of people doing that. There's just not a lot of people that have the time. You know, we're like the Herodians. We love our comfort. We don't want to be disturbed, right? And I'm, I'm, the, I'm the worst, man. I got my big screen, you know, all the things. But I, I think that as we're moving into this, if we don't shift something as men, if we don't own this and start to slow down and let this become real in our hearts, man, we're in trouble. We're in trouble as a nation. We're seeing it. We've got orphans leading orphans in government. And, and orphan CEOs that are leading companies and they're leading it like we just saw this big crash with the crypto stuff again. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was this orphan kid who did nobody was he just wasn't, wouldn't listen to anyone. He was never taught how to listen or to come under authority. And, and so I, I just feel like I, I keep asking these questions, but I just want to stay on this theme for as long as we can and just keep this going. Oh, yeah. Oh. Dude, you know me, our, our relationship, we go way back. I mean, it's, and to, to do this together is, is one of the most fascinating things to me, how God does this, you know, yeah. how he, he takes he us that. out of this. Yeah. Out of the head to the heart. And I, I love how they talk about it. I know, I know that that conversation is picking up in the nation because I'm starting to hear that in other avenues, which like I was saying, it, when I start to hear something over and over, I start to understand that God has an agenda. And I, I, when I think about slowing down, like I was just thinking about that over in my heart and you guys, when you hear us say, thinking about it, obviously our minds are active, but we have a mind in the heart. And that, that's so important to get. We have, we have our, our, our dual personality, our dual citizenship, you know, how Paul goes through Romans and he's really breaking it down. But when my, when I'm, when I'm slowing down and I'm getting into my heart, my heart actually has thoughts. It thinks, um, you know, we see that with Jesus talking to these guys over and over and over. He goes, why are you reasoning in your hearts? When he was talking to the Pharisees, to the, to the, even to the disciples, he was having these conversations and it, he was establishing the heart as the most important thing. But, but when I was thinking about that, when we start to slow down, we're able to get like some clarity on these, some of these issues, you know, it, as a father, I have sons that play football. I have sons that do other activities. They're, they're doing school. I have bills I have to pay. I got to go to the fire station. What am I studying up? I, there's thousands of things I can name. Obviously you could do the, the same thing, but when I get into my heart, those thousands things become more steady. Like I'm not so pulled in so many directions because I'm slowing down. Obviously the most important thing I'm getting fathered, I'm feeling and experiencing my love for God and his love for me. And all of a sudden I have the ability to slow down and start to organize these things that are coming up to me. I'm able to organize my thoughts. What needs to take place first? What can I do right now? 
So I, I, and I wanted to say that because we can get so quick, we can get so fast. And then when we try to slow down, we still have all this stuff, but God will begin to organize those things as we slow down. And that was one of the questions he asked, what, what impact or how are you impacting or bringing impact to this fatherless thing or to fathering people? That's one of the questions that Chris asked. And I think that's the deal is we slow down. There is time to do what you're saying to mentor somebody. There is time to sit with my sons and, and engage in what they're doing. There is time for that. Um, and I can have that time with them. And it's worth it. Like just before this call, I, I went outside and threw the football for 20 minutes with my son. Just right. quarter. He's 10 years old. Let's go out. Let's throw the football. Let's engage. And we all of a sudden, all these conversations start popping up. He's telling me about school, this, that, and the other. I mean, those yes. things are happening. Absolutely. Every every night after I get home from work, we'd go in the backyard and we would just have a huge competition. And all the boys would be we'd be throwing each other down, throwing the football, and then talking about the day. And the girls would be sitting out on the grass cheering us on, right? And it's it's so important that you slow down, that you get like in your mind you schedule that time, just like you would any work detail, any going to the fire station for you as a fireman and. And, you know, just a quick little history here. John and I, you know, he was a, what, 19-year-old intern in a ministry we had in the 90s called Rock the Nations. And uh, and we've been connected deeply since then. There was a few years there we didn't talk. And then all of a sudden God crashed us back together. And we talk every day. Sometimes you call Mm -hmm. me multiple times. Too much. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I'm kidding. Um, and, And I think that you, you look at longevity, you look at long-term fathering, and you look at how can I father somebody, like I'm doing that, just taking this kid, he's 22, to go buy a car. To me, that it's the same. The pay is the same, right? And, and But if, if I'm not in my heart, if I'm not present, I'm way too busy to go do that on Saturday. There's no way that I, can, I would take the time because there's all these other things that are prioritized uh, if, when, I'm, when I'm just in my head and I'm going 100 miles an hour, right? And I, I, I love there's, there's so much around just the, the Godspeed. There's a great documentary out called Godspeed. If you get a chance, watch it. Um, but it's just this priest who moved to Ireland or Scotland and Eugene Peterson was mentoring him. And he said, okay, where's my office? And he said, you're three miles that way and three miles that way is your office. <laughs> Slow down. And he just went door to door and loved people. And he learned how to walk at the speed of God, which is mu- much slower than most of us run at, right? Or, or walk oh. at. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's, and it, you know, in our culture, we got so much culture wrapped up into this stuff. You know, our culture in America, you know it way better. You've, you've experienced it more than I have. But it's, it's hustle, hustle, hustle. And I love my wife was telling me she, you know, she does the dance stuff and she was doing this uh, <clears throat> dance thing that she started with a, a girl named Kinsey called Soul to Soul. And over the 10 years that my wife was a part of it, she's since stepped away. This is, I think, her first year technically out of it. But for the 10 years that she was doing that, one of the things that God slowly, <laughs> there's that cliche, the word that we're talking about, slowly brought her to is he goes, just stick with me. Get out of the hustle. Stick with me. Listen to me. Let me father you. And I'll bring all those things to you. And so she mm. stepped out of the hustle. It wasn't about the hustle. And this culture, and it, there's probably good things about it. I don't want to beat people up over that. But one of the things that I've experienced from being fathered is I don't have to be in the hustle. Uh, mm. The hustle started a deal for me of 
I'm not doing enough or I'm not producing enough. I'm not measuring this stick, whatever that stick is, you know, whatever guys have inside of them. Right. And I got into this place and she just, and my wife was my great teacher on this. She's like, John, just, just find where the father is, sit with where the father is in your life. And that that's challenging in and of itself sometimes, but she got me out of that hustle and got me into that place of just sitting, just sit. It's okay. Wait on the father, wait on his lead, find where he is, sit in that. And everything starts to come. This, this podcast. Well, what I love about that story, John, is, you know, Hillary was really fathered by John Smeltzer. And, and so you guys know Smeltzer, I mean, he, the, the reason Ransom Heart Ministry started was because of this man with John Eldridge. I mean, this guy has impacted tens of hundreds of thousands of people without even knowing it from his little apartment in Dallas, Texas. Now he's much older and, and some things are going on with his health, but, um, Hillary was really fathered by him. And since you started being fathered by him and that's how you learned how to get into your heart and slow down. And now you're doing that with Boston and Porter, your two boys, right? And that's what I'm talking about. It just begins to multiply and starts to move. And we have no idea what the impact could be when we do these things, right? And so the, the most important part of what I want you to catch today and we'll we'll hit these other questions and stuff as we keep moving. But this is only see this is season one, session two for our podcast. So we're 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 brand new at this thing for this for M four five six podcast. But um, slow down, men. Uh, we're we're such a shame based performance culture. And we, again, if you're Christian, not Christian, we're taught it in our schools. We're taught it in church. You know, we're taught Genesis 3 and the shame that comes with that. And we're horrible sinners instead of Genesis 1 and the goodness of God and that we're born in goodness, that we got to get back to our original design. Literally, repent means go back to your original goodness, which we all were born into, according to to Bible, if you believe the Bible or not. Right. That sounds like scripture to me. And so when we can when we can slow down in our hearts and meditate on that stuff, we actually start living it. And I love how Richard Rohr says this. He says, you don't, you don't live your way into a new way of thinking, or you don't think your way into a new way of living. You live your way into a new way of thinking. And so we've got to literally stop living the way we've lived at this fast-paced, shame-based thing. Slow down, prioritize in our heart. What, what is God actually really asking me to do today? It's what you started with. Jesus mm -hmm. only did what his father was doing. So now when I wake up, I purposely say every morning, especially if I'm wrestling at 3 or 4 a.m., all right, Father, what are we doing today? What do you want to do today through me that we can do together? And it just slows me down because now I know, God, you know, God's in charge. I can be in control, right? I can make decisions and miss it all day long. But when I allow him to be in charge and just determine that in my heart, it just slows everything down in my life. Oh, Dude, and while you were talking, man, I, you know, we, I think we mentioned it in the, in the first session, but, you know, COVID hit, we had this massive Goliath hit the world. I mean, we, yeah. I, I, I wasn't a believer in this kind of stuff. I mean, I hate to say it like that, but COVID this, whatever. I remember in January, February, I was like, what, is, what the heck, whatever. And I'm not trying right. to diminish the effects of COVID. It did, definitely did take a lot of lives and stuff, but I think the father... I, when I look at it now, my perspective is, is from this perspective of being fathered. I see God slowing down the planet. He literally stopped it in a matter of days. I mean, it just halted. 
And we're still feeling the effects of that halt. Oh, I, we haven't later. seen the effects. Yeah, it's yeah. the fallout from how we responded because we weren't in our hearts. We were in our heads on it. And we, I mean, the fallout is, it's its hitting and it's coming. And this is oh, why yeah. we slow down. I think he gave the church a window, an opportunity, and most of us missed it. Most of the body missed it. Uh, it was an incredible, unique opportunity. You know, we were living in Spain at the time and we were on total lockdown. And if you know any of our stories, the first time Lisa and I had ever been alone, we, we got married with five kids. My wife was widowed and, and I lost my first wife to mental illness. And we um, we had five when we got married. We had Noah, so we had six. Noah had been here in the States with my dad and was stuck when COVID hit. So we loved it, man. We were like, nobody can come over. We're not going anywhere. We're alone. I'm like, we're going we're gonna to soak this in and we're going to take everything mm -hmm. we can from this. And we finally had to get out of Spain because it was just so different than it was here in the States. Mm -hmm. um, it was, you know, guns and roadblocks and it was just insane. Um, but we missed it. And and I what I, I want you to again, what I want to get out of this podcast is let's not miss it anymore. And as foundation, as men, as a foundational part of, of society, we're the ones that have to demonstrate this. We we have to lead this. We have to slow down. We have to listen. Don't think about what you're gonna say next when you're speaking with your wife or your children or your coworkers, right? Stop, slow down, turn your phone off. Listen to what's actually being said. Listen with your heart, the mind oh. of your heart, right? Mm. Absorb it and then respond from that space. Or maybe just keep your mouth shut sometimes, right? That's probably the best thing for most of us to do <laughs> as guys, right? Because we get so we get we're so in it, we're so going, right? Mm -hmm. And you and I are building, you know, crypto business, we're building the app, we're we're going, but we just learn how to slow down and do mm -hmm. this. I love it. Yes. All right. We'll see the, the next two questions. I want to hit this on the next podcast. Give us some final thoughts here as we as we end this uh, session two. Man, it's. I mean, this this journey is going to be fun. Um, you know, what hit my heart while you're saying that is, I, I just want to encourage everybody. If if you don't know how to be fathered, that's okay. God will do it. And it, the incredible thing is, Jesus is the connection for this. Jesus can walk us into how to be fathered. Jesus can do this. There's hope. There's hope. It is not too late. doesn't matter what age you are. It is not too late. There's hope. You know, over and over, we say this in our crypto thing all the time. The sun is rising always. And so that means there's always mercy available. There's always mercy. So there's mercy for this. There's so much yeah. mercy for this. Come and, on. and so I, I just sit in that that hope. And if you're thinking thoughts, I mean, literally take it to Jesus and say, Jesus, you're going to have to show me how to be fathered. And I, I guarantee you, he will. And that's a scary prayer. And be ready for that. Because I was going to say, that's, that's a dangerous, journey. dangerous prayer. That's a dangerous thing to pray. That's a dangerous thing because he actually will. And the, and the big, the, then it comes down to, am I going to slow down enough to actually let him? Because man, when you start getting into your own thoughts and in your own head and you start trying to slow down, that's a scary place, right? I love today we had a live on the app and one of the guys just, he said, look, I, I have social anxiety, which I didn't even know that term until a couple of years ago, right? We just weren't told these things, but he's like, I was so in my head when I'd walk into a room, I just ignore people and they thought I was being mean or whatever. And he said, my bride, my wife actually, she said, look, quit being so selfish. You're a selfish human being. 
Stop being selfish and actually go in there for other people, not just for yourself. Stop thinking about you. Let's get the mind of the of Christ. Let's get the mind. How does he say we renew our mind? By the word of God. We need the scripture. We need a rhema word of God. And that comes when we say this prayer. God, father me. Teach me how to be present. I want, I invite you to father me today. Let's just pray that, John. Why don't you pray us out here and just ask the father to show up for men that are listening and, and begin to open their hearts to being fathered by the father. Absolutely. Um, so, father, thank you for this, the, this time to get together. And father, that's the very specific prayer that I have for us, for myself included, Gary, all of us that are listening to this, God, father us, take us into this journey of being fathered by you. I mean, this is literally your story. You've been writing this narrative for the last how many thousands of years of fathering, constantly showing up with mercy, having righteous judgment when it needs to, to come, and also extending grace upon grace upon grace and mercy to us. And so, Lord, as, as these men are, as we're doing this journey of, of, of trying to see what this fatherless issue really is, what it is inside of our heart, God, father us in that. Jesus, connect the dots yes. for us. Connect the dots so that we understand exactly what the Father's doing. And I know you will do it because you said you would do it. You said over and over, I will do these things and I will not leave them undone. And I thank you, Lord, yeah. that you're going to do this and that this is what you're doing on the earth. So do it now, Lord. Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want to say this, men. We, we get mercy for free, but we have to find grace, Scripture says. And so the mercy of God's coming on your hearts right now. You're going to have to work. This isn't performance. This is just working. You've got to get into a space with the father. When Adam and Eve left the garden, when they were moved from the garden, right? Now we get to create that space for God to come and walk in the cool of the day with us. He walked in the cool of the day with them in the garden, outside of the garden. And all we're trying to do is get people back in the garden. We're just heading back. We're getting God's family back. We're going back to the garden. We have to cultivate that garden. So we have to find grace on this subject of becoming really, really good fathers so that we can father more than just our own children. We can father uh, every young person we meet, even older people who've never stepped into that second half of life, which we're going to talk a lot about.